You're listening to CGM Lounge. Hello, welcome to episode six of CGM Lounge. This week's episode is going to be about um, creating processes um, and more specifically supply chain management. So what we what we talk about day in and day out at common ground management and you know business in general is creating automation in your business so that the business can function without the the person that started it or without any one person that can just run. So that's that's when you've created a business. That's when you've um, elevated from creating a job for yourself. If you're the founder or founders and then put in put into play a series of mechanisms, people, plans, processes that can now do the physics of the business without you necessarily being involved. So today's a pretty cool episode. We're gonna um, just gonna be me, and of course we got Linda on the track. So when you hear all these great effects, that's uh, the wonderful Linda Fernandez putting the post production in. And today's gonna be nice, short, and sweet. We're gonna reference a lot of good material, a lot of a lot of keywords that you guys should build your business around. Uh, so as we get into the next segment. Make sure you pull out your pens and pencils. So what is supply chain management? So supply chain management is the process from which the good or service is initially produced and what it goes through to get to the end user, um, also known as the consumer. So let's think about a t-shirt. So a good book for you guys to go grab is a travel of, Travels of a T-shirt. Um, it was written about a decade ago, a decade or more so ago. Um, so it's, it's, it just talks about globalization and how the manufacturing of a T-shirt that you eventually put on starts halfway across the world. And there's a whole supply chain management system that gets that T-shirt made and delivered to you. So right now, um, if you're starting up a company and you're doing a T-shirt, it's not just the design. It's not just putting your brand on the shirt. There's a lot that goes into it. So your supply chain will probably start with a wholesaler. That wholesale company is going to sell you a pre-made shirt, already done, um, no brands on it, of course, kind of white labeled blank. So when you buy that thing, then you can take it to your designer or your your printer, and they'll put your brand on it. Then they may put a tag on it um, on the inside where the sizing tag is, and then they'll deliver it back to you. Now you have to package it and, you know, do photos uh, situation to get it on the website. And then you put it on the medium. The medium would be your website. Your clients order it. Now it goes through what they call fulfillment. So fulfillment is how does it get from you to the client? And maybe it's USPS, maybe it's UPS, maybe it's a drop shipper. Maybe you do it through Printful, printful.com. They basically handle all fulfillment, printing, and and, um, and sourcing for the shirt for you, and they send it to the end, end user. So in that process, you have multiple hands touching the product. Initially, it was the wholesaler. If you even wanna go back to the origin, you're gonna look at 
the factory in whatever country that shirt came from where it was actually made. Then it got to the wholesaler because they purchased it. Then you got it as a retailer because you purchased it from the wholesaler. Then you gave it to a designer and a printer. They put their mark on it, pat, you know, made it the final product for you to sell. Then you have USPS or UPS, DHL, whichever uh, shipping method you want to use to get it to your consumer. Then it gets to the consumer. So all in all, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten hands touch that product. So that's your supply chain. If we want to blow that up a bit, you might look at like Amazon. So Amazon does an excellent job of managing supply chain. Their Amazon's goal is to get their products that you order to you as fast as possible. So it's it's critically important that they have different drop shippers and supply chain centers around the nation so that if you order something on Prime and you're supposed to get it next day, it gets to you next day, no, no questions asked. So that's supply chain management. That's going to be the crux of what we're talking about today. So we just gave you that little bit of a, an example from a small company that's a one-person t-shirt brand to a large company, which is Amazon. Um, so going into the next segment, I want you guys to go to CGM Philly, period, C-O-M, com, forward slash survival. So cgmphilly.com forward slash survival. Here you'll find our manual on uh, how to survive in the business world. It's a 10-step guide. And we're going to talk about step four uh, for the next segment, which is called Mark Your Tracks. So take a moment, go to that website, download that manual, and then you can actually see what we're going to be referencing in a bit. Okay, we're back, and by now you should have that manual open, right? And in, in, in step four, which is on page 10, it's called Mark Your Tracks. So Mark Your Tracks is just a practice that you would do as a business owner to create a system or a process from what has worked for you in your business and what hasn't worked even, which is probably even more important. What are the inefficient things that you've done that you don't want people to duplicate? The reason why this step is probably the most important um, step out of the 10 is because this is the exact moment that you, you'll become or you'll leave being an entrepreneur and become a business owner. The moment you can put somebody in your place in production or put somebody in your place in sourcing or put somebody in your place in customer service now you, you've left that job. So people as entrepreneurs, they always say, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur because I, I want to fire my boss. Well, you have to fire yourself too after you fired your other boss. You got to fire yourself from all of these positions that you're holding inside your company. So if you made an org chart of your company and you said, who's production, who's customer service, who's um, sales, who's doing accounting, who's... Uh, doing the customer relationship management, who's coming up with all the ideas, your name, or if you have partners, your names are all over the organizational chart. So as we develop processes and we look at step four, which is market tracks, we're trying to fire ourselves from the, the tasks that take the most time, but are critical to the supply chain management. 
So market tracks is simply writing down everything that you have to do to create your product or service and get it to your customers. So what's every step? What vendors do you use? Uh, what channels of distribution do you use? How do, how do consumers come to you? How do you go to them? What are the costs of shipping? What are the costs of acquisition of raw materials? All that stuff is critically important to create your supply chain management flow so that you can then say, okay, where can we save money? Where can I or we leave a position and hire somebody? When are we ready to hire? And the biggest thing about hiring a person is to understand that, A, it's not their responsibility to be you. It's your responsibility to teach them um, how you want the job to be done and to give them easy measurements, easy things that they can understand to know that they've done the job well. So if you leave a task ambiguous, then they're gonna give you ambiguous return on that task. To you, it may be simple because you've done it a thousand times and it's rote. But if somebody new comes into that space, the instruction has to be clear, it has to be concise, and it has to have a measurable for the person that's filling in that role. For example, um, if I give if I give an instruction to an employee, hey, I want these emails sent out uh, t- two times a week. Does that mean send them out at Friday at 4.30 before you leave? Or does that mean I want them sent out one on Tuesday at 9 a.m. because that's when people read their emails the most? Then another one on Thursday at 3 p.m. because after Thursday, nobody's going to read their emails until the next Monday. Right, so giving very specific detail will then net you a very specific return from, the, from your employee. So these are the things that you do on Mark Your Tracks. You, because you've gained the knowledge from doing it in the past, you can then make it easier for the next person to do it. It takes time, though. It takes a little bit of detail and a lot of discipline to actually sit and say, I have to record all of this. So imagine if you're lost or you're stuck on an island, as our business guide suggests with the, with the term, welcome to the jungle, If you're in a place where you have no idea of the landscape, no idea what's going on, you don't know how to survive and you're starting from scratch, you want to build these processes and you want to write these things down so two weeks from now, a month from now, two years from now, everything's a lot easier for you. You know where to go, you know where not to go. So the same thing can be said for employees or vendors or allies. Um, So an ally would be another company that's maybe not a maybe not an employee of yours, they're a vendor, or they're maybe a partner, and you're saying, hey, here's how we do this. It costs us X amount to do it. You do this really well. I would rather just pay you to do it and not have it be a burden on my company, but we can align. You know, So you're going to get paid for doing things that you do well. We'll earn money for doing things that we do well, and now we've formed an allegiance. And so a great example of an allegiance would be Amazon and Netflix. So Amazon actually hosts Netflix's, uh, well, Netflix uses Amazon's server, let's say it like that. So instead of, instead of Netflix trying to invest all this money, billions of dollars in creating their own server, Amazon already has a server that can house Netflix and other large companies. So Netflix just pays Amazon to be on their server. Yeah, Amazon has their own streaming service, but that's a whole other department in the, in the business. 
So what they formed is an is an alliance to make Netflix's supply chain management a lot more efficient. Because if you are watching a movie and, and the movie is like skipping and it doesn't start or you can't access the, the episodes, you're going to be really, really mad at Netflix. And Netflix said, hey, this is the easiest way for us to solve that. So marking your tracks is not only understanding what you do in your business, but where the inefficiencies lie. And where can you lean on another business to help? Where can you hire uh, employees? Where do you need to find resolutions for your problems? And what are the things that you can scale, that you can grow really, really well? Um, and that, and that's, all about, that's all about efficiency. So market tracks is key to creating your supply chain management, which in turn is the, the creation of a system. So the next word is systemization. All right, so we want to systemize our pro- we want to systemize our business as much as possible so it can be duplicated. Duplication is the key to growth. Now, if we duplicate inefficient practices, then of course the next business that we open or the next office that we open won't be as good as the first one. So duplication isn't just making another space, it's making another space that performs the same way as the first space. So imagine going to Burger King and the Whopper isn't made the same way as the other Burger King you went to. Or imagine going to the Gap and the Gap on this side of town has shirts that aren't made the same way as the other shirts in the other store, or the customer service is different. One of the best businesses for customer service and most renowned is Chick-fil-A. You can go to Chick-fil-A anywhere across the country and people are blown away, blown away by the customer service. Why? Because that's the culture that they have, but they've also put in systems to make sure that their employees know to say certain things, to behave a certain way, and to provide a certain service for you. So duplication isn't just doing it again and having it done in a separate space. It's having it done in a separate space at the same quality to produce the same quantity results for your consumers. Happy consumers means you can continue to grow. So you don't want to have a dilution in quality if you're opening up a new space. And that happens a lot. Um, because we don't take the time to create systems and iron out all the kinks in the first space. The first, the first location in your business is the most important. It's going to set the tone for all the other locations as they grow. So again, some keys to remember. A, we got to write down everything that we do and understand what's efficient and what's inefficient. B, always thinking in your mind, where can I fire myself? Where can I bring on somebody else to take over this job? Because at the end of the day, The company can't grow if you're the owner, the salesperson, and in production. You got to separate them. At some point, you you can't be the one making the dresses and trying to sell the dresses if you're in uh, textiles. You can't be the cook and the cashier and the restaurateur. Like, you got to have somebody back there cooking because who's going to go and procure the the goods? And then at at some point, you need somebody else to go and procure the food. Who's going to do the food runs? If you're doing that, how are you going to manage another space? So all these jobs are good for a period of time, but if you're stuck in them, you can't grow. So again, what do we need to do? What is, what is supplying our good or service to our customer look like? What jobs can we remove ourselves from first to grow the business? 
And then when we remove ourselves from those jobs, what is the specific thing we need done in each job so that our replacement can duplicate the result exactly the way we want to see it? Employees that underperform, again, it's not their fault. It's always going to be the fault of management. Whether they underperform on purpose or not, management is the one that dictates the pace and they dictate the quality. So if you have if you have a clear instruction and they're still underperforming, now you know why they're underperforming. They just don't want to meet your measurement, then you can move them against somebody else. But if the instruction is ambiguous, there's no way that an employee can create a specific outcome off of, off of an ambiguous task or instruction. Okay? So those are the three things that are key in terms of systemizing and growing. Then as we get into supply chain management, how does it get to the consumer? Now we work, we're working with vendors, we're working with allies to make our process more efficient. You know, maybe it's a storage space, maybe it's better technology, um, getting in a phone service, bringing on an answering service because you can't answer all the calls yourself. So all these things kind of take a toll and play a role in your business. So the key to supply chain management is knowing that the hundredth customer should be served the same way the first customer was served. It shouldn't be a drop-off in quality. It shouldn't be a drop-off in response time. It shouldn't be a drop-off in anything that your business is doing. So supply chain management is really the key. And that's why step four in Welcome to the Jungle, uh, the manual that we wrote, is really, really critical. Because before step four, you're a one-man band and you're, you've created a job for yourself. After step four, now you've turned into a business that can potentially duplicate itself going forward. So the, as we're going into the last segment, I want you guys to really key in on those things on how your business is right now and how can you write down things in the business that are successful and how those things are going to be duplicated going forward. Okay, so we're about to transition into the last, the last segment. And we're still going to reference Welcome to the Jungle, so keep it, keep it with you. And we'll, we'll talk about some more uh, anecdotes. This is story time, as Linda likes to call it. <laughs> and we're back. So supply chain management is a big, it's a big, 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 big world. Consultants get paid a lot of money to go in and help. Um, big businesses become more efficient. A lot of money is spent on logistics. Uh, UPS, for example, they're all about logistics, all about getting better at delivering. Amazon, we've already referenced. So what, what does it look like when you have supply chain management and you're trying to get better? Some of that is internal, of course, and like we talked about, some of that is external. So the external will come from allies. So what is an ally? So step five in the manual that we wrote, Welcome to the Jungle, is called uh, Making Allies. And an ally is another business or another person that has a long-term interest and mutual interest in your success. So both of you guys feel as though the relationship is going to be long-term and both of you guys look at each other like, we can help one another become successful without competing. We can collaborate. So we, we referenced... Amazon and Netflix earlier as allies in the fact that 
Netflix is using Amazon's hosting server service to make sure that the quality of their program and the quality of their product is is tip top. Whether there's a million subscribers on or a billion, you won't tell the difference. Like your your service won't be slower. Uh, you, you'll be able to access all the library, things like that. So, what are some key things to to identify an ally? Well, a, what are their values? Okay, so a value, this five that we wrote, um, is what do I hold most dear, and to, to my core, to the success or the future success that I think I want to have. So you can have um, internal values which are wisdom. Uh, another internal value is relationships. And then another, the last internal value is process-oriented. So if you value wisdom, you value knowledge, you value data, information. If you value relationships, you value actually having genuine uh, connections with people. Genuine, um, I don't want to use the word relationships, but genuine ideas about how you want to grow with another person or a group of people or even entities. And then the third processes, you're very regimented. So if you value processes, you need the Excel spreadsheet, you need the list, you need the details, you're very deep in the weeds um, in, 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 the, in the instruction, and you love having all this at your disposal. So these are really great values um, and they're internal because you don't need anybody else to fulfill these things. You feel fulfilled from the, them just being innate in you. Right? So externally, some values are materials. So if you value material, anything material that you can touch tangibly or um, acknowledgement. So receiving praise from other people and receiving uh, acknowledgement for your tasks and, and jobs that are done. So what does this have to do with allies? Well, if you understand what your value system is, right? So our value system at Common Ground Management would go in order of um, wisdom, relationships, and like processes. Like that's that's in order for us. So anybody that we team with, they're probably gonna have similar values. Now, somebody that's acknowledgement driven, we probably wouldn't work well together with them because we're more focused on being a system. We're more focused on creating uh, processes that'll work. Yeah, we love relationships, but we're not looking at being praised. So anybody that's, that, that wants that type of engagement is kind of counterculture to what we created here at Common Ground Management. It doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that we might have more conflict on things that aren't necessarily important to us than they are to somebody else. So one of the one of a good ally that we've found for the long a long time is Rach Rollins, who was on episodes uh, two and three when we were talking about taxes. So he has a similar value system to us, wisdom, relationships, and processes. So we work really well together. We don't we don't conflict on how much time we gotta spend on creating a report or how much time we gotta put in to making sure our customers receive high quality service. Those are things that we value. Whereas somebody that values materials might only value the transaction 
and say, okay, I, I don't want to put in that extra hour of talking to that customer to make sure they got it right. I got the transaction. I got the money. I got the thing that's tangible, right? So understand when you're trying to get partners and you're trying to get allies, in your conversation, are they talking about money? Are they talking about how much they can grow with revenue or how many materials they need to buy? Or are they talking about how can we grow relationships? Are they talking about how can we improve customer service? How, I wanna make sure that you get this done right. So a customer service relationship person might spend an extra hour at the office making sure all those emails got out to the, to the client base. Where a materials person might be more focused on what's the bottom line. Again, one isn't necessarily better than the other. It's just gonna dictate how well you can work with that person or group of people if you're on one side of the coin or the other. So the best way to, to gauge your relationships, the best way to gauge your allies is to first understand yourself and, and to be honest with yourself. And even when you look at a Netflix and Amazon at that larger scale, we're talking about two multi-billion dollar companies, they have to align, they have to align with their values as well. So it's not just interpersonal, it's also between companies um, that that exists. So when you look at the space and you look at yourself, what do you value? What do the people around you value? And that's how you'll be able to create great allies in, in your business that'll help you grow. Internally, your, cons your employees are gonna share your value system where they should. So if I'm, if I'm a person that's gonna stay late to make sure that all the customers are satisfied, but I hire, I hire um, material-driven people, they may not stay late because they're worried about how much they're getting paid by the hour that they're working. And if they're, if they're on salary and they're like, man, I'm working a 12-hour day, but I'm not getting more money, then they're, all they're thinking about is leaving. They're not thinking about making sure the task is done right. They're not thinking about making sure everything is up to par, all the customers are satisfied. So these are key things that'll help you grow your business through the system, through supply chain management, not only the tangible things, the products that you need to buy, the vendors that you need to work with, the shipping, but also the things that are intangible, relationships, understanding how you're hiring humans and how you're bringing in people into your system and will they have the same effect on the system that you have? Do they value the system the same way that you value it? Uh, and, and these are key, like business is organic. It's gonna grow, it's gonna move, it's gonna shake. So you can't, you can't just say, yeah, I'm gonna fill in this role with a, with, a, with a human, with a body, without taking into account that human psychology, that human's emotional IQ or EQ, um, and then their ability to actually problem solve and, and wanna take it to step the next mile. So, uh, supply chain management and systems is a big topic. Um, I hope today you guys got some key vocabulary for yourselves to go and study. And then also um, a key, some key insights and what is going to make your business better. So if you can look and write down all the jobs that you do and say, man, how can I fire myself from production? Then write down everything that needs to happen in production and then hire somebody to do all those things and then just mow down each position as you grow. 
And you'll see after a while, your business will go from one space to a second space or one person to 10 people. And you'll be able to duplicate your process over and over and over again to get to the, the second half of the manual, which is reproduction, buying out um, competitors, and, and growing into the huge, huge company that you want to be. So until next time, I'm Dominic Landry. This has been CGM Lounge, and uh, definitely thank you guys for tuning in. Again, you can reach us at info at cgmphilly.com. You can go to cgmphilly.com to get a look at our services. And you're already looking at the manual, but if you didn't, once again, it's cgmphilly.com forward slash survival. And then, of course, social media at cgmphilly everywhere. Uh, We thank you so much for listening to this podcast. This has been episode six. See you next time.